Welcome to St. James Parish in Wilmington, North Carolina. You can learn more about St. James on our website at stjamesp.org. One of the most frustrating things about Christianity to me is that we often let religion get in the way of encountering God and God encountering us. Our inclination is to make God over in our own image rather than being willing to discover how God looks as revealed by Jesus of Nazareth. And today's gospel reading from John addresses this particular tendency of ours when Jesus tells the disciples that although the world will no longer see him, they will have an advocate, the Holy Spirit, present forever as their very own, reminding them of everything Jesus taught them. And it reminded me of a redheaded girl and a Sunday school class I taught. One morning, when children gathered close by, I asked them, what would you do if Jesus walked into our church right now? And after a long and edgy silence, the redhead stood up and screamed, I'd be scared silly. Well, when I let her answer have its way with me, I wonder, how willing am I to see Jesus today, even though it would scare me silly? Sometimes, I don't know about you, but I I do know about myself. We lose our nerve and stay in our comfort zone rather than being scared silly by a story of Jesus who goes around turning everything religious on its head, like inviting to the head of the table those the world would rather keep out. That Jesus was so full of eternal life, even killing him, couldn't keep Jesus from rising from the dead. It should scare us silly that Jesus is really present with us at the altar during communion, that the promise advocate, the Holy Spirit, is fully alive in the life of this parish community, that God made each of us in the divine image and wants us to act that way. In today's gospel, Jesus tells his followers just before his death that although he's not going to be with them in the flesh forever, the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father sent in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Holy moly, that is really scary stuff. Now, it's been years since that bold, red-headed girl announced that meeting Jesus would scare us silly. And with discomforting self-reflection since retiring, what's profoundly different in my life is wondering if we want to see Jesus at all. The Jesus who threatens the status quo. Nevertheless, There have been hundreds of times that I've sat in empty cathedrals and parishes soaking up sacred silence and the sounds of religious life so that I could prepare to see Jesus. 
And some of the most profound encounters with Jesus have come during choral vespers or the tap, tap, tap of shoes on stone flooring while watching the choreographer of a lone altar guild member or flower guild artist or verger so wrapped up in getting things done for the next service that each movement and breath reminded me that Jesus was right there in our midst. Simply to be in church these days with regularity on Sunday means that we've already chosen to believe in more than nothing in particular, and the fact that we reach out with our hands and ask to be given the bread of heaven and the cup of salvation during communion means we've taken a step towards openness to something more than an unknown God. And whether we sing in the choir or serve on a committee, wrestle with the budget as vestry, or bring our gifts to the parish as teachers and acolytes, I believe there is in each of us a desire to see Jesus. If we hold the elevated bread for just one more second this morning, the fraction suspended in grace, will Jesus arise from the body broken for us? And the older I get, the more I realize that Jesus really does show up Sunday after Sunday and hopefully scares the bejeebie out of us because immersion in Anglican liturgy surrounds us with the very real presence of God. And this God who loves us shows up Sunday by Sunday to give strength for the journey and provocative inspiration. Now, once upon a time in a land far, far away, there was a fully Medicaid-supported nursing home housed in a former prison that I used to visit on a regular basis, so much so that many of the residents knew me by sight. And one particular day, more of them than usual were lined up around the entry foyer, hair freshly done, hands folded around the latest book or art project, waiting for the guests that never came. As I walked by and said hello, one of the women who knows me by sight began calling out to anyone who would listen. The body of Christ is here. The body of Christ is here. The body of Christ is here. And they were full of themselves this day, and the one lone canter motivated the rest of the wheelchair gang, and they decided to follow me down the hall, like a small procession. I strive to keep pace with their chanting, the body of Christ is here, the body of Christ is here. They got faster and faster. We finally reached Mrs. Jones' room. She was curled up in a ball and buried in blankets. No more ready to receive that woman priest than I was ready to be there. An aide student came in, wearing a smile spread out like a welcome mat. He let me know how good it was for me to come and then went to Mrs. Jones. And he gently touched her on her shoulder and said, Mrs. Jones, Nancy Lee is here to celebrate the Eucharist with you. No, 
I don't want to see her. She hasn't been here in a hundred years. Nope, I don't want Holy Communion. Tenderly, Ed replied, I bet Megan does, gesturing towards the doll that Mrs. Jones always kept clutch in her arms. Megan, do you want communion today? Ed asked. Yes, I need it. This dedicated to Mrs. Jones, Abe said with a voice character he spoke always on behalf of the Megan doll. And with that, Mrs. Jones rolled over, grinning, her baby doll Megan clutched close to her chest. I began to set the table for us as the body of Christ's lady circled the door. And the aide, whose name is Ed, minimum wage Ed, who goes to night school, one class at a time, gaining on his hours towards a nursing degree, lifted Mrs. Jones into her wheelchair with Megan still in her lap. And Ed turned towards the door and announced to one and all, since you ladies are so thrilled to welcome the body of Christ, come on in here and have some. This was a generous invitation of prophetic hospitality by Ed, considering the body of Christ cantors were all Jewish, octogenarians. <laughs> we got through communion somehow, Ed, Mrs. Jones, Megan, and one Jewish guest, and myself. Although, to be honest, the setting and behavior of my guest alone was enough to scare me silly. The other guest at the door clapped with each bite of bread. There goes Jesus! There goes Jesus! Well, this is not the end of the story with Mrs. Jones on this particular Sunday afternoon. As Ed fussed with her hair, straightening the blanket on her lap, we noticed Mrs. Jones weeping. And Ed retrieved a handkerchief he always kept in his pocket, knelt down, and with one hand holding hers, took his hand and handkerchief and wiped her tears. What's wrong with my sweetheart? this afternoon. I miss him so much. I just miss him. He's been gone so long. Will I ever see him again? And without saying a word, he held her and let her cry. And her shoulders heaved as only a broken heart can. Will I ever stop missing him? Will it ever go away? No, no, sweetheart, it won't. But I'm going to take good care of you until you're with him again, forever and forever. Don't you worry. Then Ed reached down into a wrinkled old brown grocery bag, and pulled out a brightly wrapped package and placed it on Mrs. Jones' lap. I brought an Easter present for you and Megan. And Mrs. Jones tore into the gift with her hand, shaking like a child on Christmas morning, and then held up a baby doll's dress, green and pink and lacy lace with matching bonnet. And her eyes beheld the eyes of God's beloved Ed, 
the incarnation of Jesus present in her life. It's for Megan for Easter. Now we all can go to church together. There are times in our life that to see Jesus will scare us silly. Yet hopefully slow us down enough to pay attention. For when we let Jesus show himself, we will see the child of God. Yet here's the thing. If we don't notice the grime that has smeared our Jesus glasses or our Jesus ears from hearing and Holy Spirit's advocate heart, life can become deadened, dull, and full of anxiety and fear. And then our spirituality seems to focus on nothing more than an unknown God. And our souls seem only capable of holding on to nothing in particular. The scary part is that to be able to see Jesus, to embrace a life with Jesus, requires vulnerability and a willingness to embrace fear. It may require us to walk down a hall with a jeering crowd around us so we can turn in a different direction and discover that Jesus looks a lot like Ed and Mrs. Jones and that following Jesus requires that our lives be centered in empathic hospitality, life committed to one another, and open to an encounter with the Holy Spirit. For in that God-drenched moment of turning to follow, the miracle occurs every single time, and our wills are not two or three, yet one. We fall in love, and we follow Jesus, and can do no other. God's beloved of St. James, let yourselves be scared silly. Beckon and beg on your knees for the gift of God's advocate, the Holy Spirit, to come into your life, and you will be changed forever and ever and ever. Let us all say together, Amen.